I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Episode 151 of the Sportive Yodis B with me now is John. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Oh, doing all right. So we are missing Stu. We think is going to be late, but here he'll be present. Stu is, Stu is, is a good dad, so he's not going to be here for a little while. He's tardy, and Clarence is out for the night. He is not on paid time off anymore. He has used it all up in Mar- by March. He's on unpaid time off now. Yep. He is on unpaid leave, I'm afraid. He's pretty soon going to have to be like a special guest appearance by Clarence Swamptown rather than one of the co-hosts, I think. Uh, let's not say that. We're gonna we don't want to make him mad because I, I want him to keep showing up for the podcast. So we need him to think that he's... We need to, we need to remind him that he's an integral part of the podcast rather than a special guest. Because if he's a special guest, he'll never show up. True, true. That's a good point. We need him here. We need you here, Clarence. Well, the new thing is that he will live tweet his listening and record and write down his reaction. So if anybody is listening that doesn't follow C Swamp down on Twitter, I would I would do that if you if you're really missing him, because that's one way that you can get your Clarence fix. I would hope everybody that's listening is is following him. He's he's one of the best tweeters, I think, in the world. If you're not following Clarence on Twitter, why even have Twitter? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But so since he's not able to respond real time, but he is going to be listening to this, I think that we should probably start off by talking about race relations in America today. (laughs) It's one of those subjects that Clarence really wants to hear us talk about more, if possible. Yeah, I think he's just into it. He's just into the whole conversation, and he loves feeling uncomfortable and, and getting yep. upset with people. Um, so we'll because start with... Clarence isn't here, we're going to do a lot of election coverage tonight. We'll go over That's the election. Right. I want to run run down each delegate, like one by one, and look at yep. the, the outlook. Uh, gotta do we're some... going to go congressional district by congressional district, for sure. <laughs> we got to do some Trump talk. I think we should be <laughs> devoting at least a half hour every podcast to, to yep. Trump. Let's stop Toronto even dump. suggesting this. This joke is scary enough without us actually talking about politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we won't do any of that. Um, I think we should get started by, we never talk about the wolves anymore. We're going to start with the wolves today. All we're right. going to surprise people because we're starting with the wolves. 
I think that most people think the season's probably over, and for the most part, it is. We're just playing out the string as we do every other March since, uh, God, I don't even know when. Uh, it's been a decade, right? I mean, they've been really terrible all but about one year when they won 40, <laughs> not even not even 500. That it wasn't year. a winning season, but it was 40 wins, which is something. They actually went over on the Vegas over and under because they always just go under. Um, yeah. So they went over that year. The over-under was 39. All of the smart guys predicted we'd win like 52, and we ended up winning 40. So that was great. Hmm. And that's kind of been the last time they were – and even then it was over in March. So Yep, and that is a summary of the past 12 seasons. So one – I actually do wish Clarence was here for this because he's been on Team Lose or Team Tank, I suppose, for most of this year. Uh, and I think that I think he just means lose in general. Like he just wants them to always lose, not for a strategy like a fan because he's not really a fan. But um... you know, he he does have one good point, which is if you're going to lose, and the Timberwolves are going to lose, yep. you might as well lose as much as you possibly can and get the highest possible draft pick you can. Yeah, I know. But here's here's the counter to that is. Um, as a quick reminder, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different <laughs> results. That is truly yeah. an insane sports opinion. We've been doing that for ten straight years, and we're still terrible. So, I think there was just... some. There was some story somewhere about. It might have even been Mike Rand writing about how you have to get bad and stay bad, and that's the way to build a franchise. But the counterpoint is the Timberwolves, who stayed bad and got a number of bad draft picks, but they've just made so many bad draft picks that they've been terrible all this time. I mean, getting bad for a couple seasons makes perfect sense. If you're kind of mired in this, like the Sacramento Kings of like, we're just sort of like the ninth lottery pick every single year. Yeah, you're not going anywhere as the Sacramento Kings. But the Wolves have been doing this for, again, over a decade now. Um, I don't think these ping pong balls are going to change the fate of their, their organization I sound like an extreme cynic, but there's nothing that's going to change it. They're just they're just useless. <laughs> they're just a they're 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 hopeless. Yeah. And that's how I got herpes from Rudy Boschwitz. Hey, Oh God, are we recording? No, 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 we're not. Don't worry about it. I want to start. Oh, uh, yeah, run that thing back. I, I love that story yeah, of how I, you got herpes. The uh, Plywood, Minnesota uh, bankruptcy lawyers are very hard and heavy after that one. So let's just we'll edit that out in post. Whoops. Rudy Boschwitz and his peanut butter milk. Yep. So hey guys, what did I miss? You missed. We've been nothing. talking wolves too. Oh boy, we just started. We just started um, a few minutes ago, and I was <laughs> arguing that team lose is not a, is not the right spot to be. We need to be rooting for wins every single time we can get them. Can I get a? Uh, um, did they end up winning or losing that game last night? They lost. God damn it! They lost on a last second three from something called. Mirna telephone or something. Good lord, Rubio was throwing passes out of his mind yeah, the whole was... first half and that's when I went to bed and then I didn't even bother they, checking this morning. lost on a three-pointer from Mira El Telefono. <laughs> good lord. It <sighs> was a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, obviously... So we're back to the do we do what we've always done is lose a lot and hope for a great pick and then it'll change finally. But the thing or is we... great picks aren't going to great draft positions are not doing us good as a team. We already have way too many young guys um, we are not good at drafting in general. We'll fuck it up somehow. So 
I just think that we need to be on the the way to make, turn this thing around. We got very lucky through the 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 love trade and the Towns draft that we've got good young talent. All that matters nowadays is a competent GM and a really good coach. <laughs> neither of we're pretty sure that we have neither of those things right, right now. now. We have not even close to either one of those, but we just need something to work out. Like if I don't know why Glenn Taylor wouldn't back the truck up to Tom Thibodeau's house and be like, <clears throat> for sure, here's a blank check. You've I don't spent know why we need so much all. money on this stupid franchise, Glenn Taylor, for no payback. <laughs> You've spent so much money buying out the contracts. Yes. Jawan Howard and Kevin Martin and all these worthless players that we signed for no good reason. You've had to back the truck up for all of this. And just continues to hire his friends to run the organization. So that's the – but I don't I don't think that's team lose. That's just team um, find a better Stasis. coach. Yeah, so, so that's the Wolves. I know we say the same thing constantly but you know and not to mention this year's draft class kind of sucks there's nobody really that's going to be great and like the what their odds are they're going to be picking from like fourth to seventh or something and there's nobody there that's gonna that's gonna really um be a game changer for for the wolves so i know nobody's watching them anymore and i think that's fine i actually have a question about that did either of you guys watch their game against the thunder yes i looked up i did I looked up the score in two newspapers and a couple of online sources. It indicates that the Timberwolves won against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I know that's not possible because I've been watching Kevin Durant repeatedly assassinate Minnesota Timberwolves teams for years. Like Richard Rubio hit a three with 2.2 seconds left on the clock. Incredible. Wonderful play. I can't believe I missed that. It was so good. So good. Yeah. And it was at that was at Oklahoma City, no less. I a game, a game that Oklahoma City really needs in the in the Western Conference. And uh it was I just happened to be, you know, around a TV and I saw on Twitter that it was close, so I put it on and well there you go. I love me some Rick Rubio. He's been really good this year. You know, his field goal percentage is bad, but the one thing that saves it is he shoots like three times a game. So it's not really that huge of a deal. Um, in the playoffs someday, if we ever get there, it might be a bigger deal. But uh, at least he knows he can't shoot. He's not like uh, Josh Smith or whatever who shoots 40% and jacks up 19 shots a game. So he's self-aware. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stays within himself. Doesn't get too high. Doesn't get too low. Let no. The chips fall they may. Yep. Just Take like, one game at a time. Exactly. He does all of those things. So I'm fine with I'm I, I'm. I'm I'm pleased that they didn't make that trade with the Bucks. Yeah, yep. Because he's so he's so darn like those almond eyes, and I mean, we've talked about this before. Is that he's just so damn handsome, and he does everything he wants in a point guard except score. And yeah. when he does score, it's pretty amazing. No one's perfect. Nope. The amazing thing, following that game, there were a couple of people who were pulling fairly small sample size stats to be like. Well, Rubio's shooting has been better over the last 18 games or something like that. And just our desire to collectively believe that Ricky Rubio's finally turning it around without any evidence or any reasoning behind it, it's just, it's touching. Because I feel that way too. He hits, 
if he hits a three-pointer in a game I'm watching, I'm like, well, maybe this is the start of it. Yep. Because I just want him to succeed so badly. I am with you, and I, and I think that there's enough evidence, though, of other guys who were terrible shooters that figured it out. And Like, Kawhi Leonard was a really bad shooter. He's amazing now. Jason Kidd was a really bad shooter. He figured it out. There's a bunch of guys who just became really good three-point. Those are the only two guys in NBA history that have figured it out. <laughs> Maybe. Vince Carter <laughs> became a lot better three-point shooter, didn't he? I mean, there's a bunch of guys who just, like, decided... If they were going to be better outside shooters, they were going to um, they could figure it out a little bit. Some of these like small forward types, um, power forwards. Chris Bosh was able to to add a three point shooter to his game, so guys can figure it out in some ways. But what I've honestly been hoping for is for I know Parker, our, our good friend Parker Hagman, doesn't follow basketball, mm-hmm. but I've been hoping that he would break out one of his GIF laden posts to explain what Rubio is doing different with his elbow or his follow-through or something so that I can point to that and be like, oh, so he changed something, and then he got better, so this might be a durable thing rather than what we're all just hoping for is, eh, maybe it's like it's like in baseball when somebody hits for two weeks and we're like, oh, he figured it out. I feel a lot better when Parker comes out with something and be like, well, here's what he changed, and it's doing this for him. And that is that is explainable and something you can point to that actually happened. So all I guess I'm saying is, Parker, I need you to watch a lot of Wolves games and get your GIF machine fired up. I stopped listening the first time you used a soft G with GIF. You know what? What the fuck is wrong with you, John? It's the guy who invented The guy who invented the graphics interchange format pronounces it GIF, so I'm going with him. He's the only person in the world. Well, it's me and him. You going to fight us? Graphics. G, hard G, GIF. It's a GIF. And we already have a word for GIF. That means peanut butter or I'll be there quickly. GIF is the... That's... God damn it. Let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> Coming next week, we argue about the Oxford comma. Oh, yeah. That would be a good one as well. Um, yeah, I would if love... An, if you're anti-Oxford comma, I will fight you. I'm not anti-Oxford, comma. Do you have to be just completely one or the other, though? You seem to be. Yeah, it seems to be like you have to take a side. You can't just say, ah, it's good in this case and bad in this case. Fuck. It's bad in no case. No, sometimes it makes it too much of a halting sentence. I don't care. We're going to get these things right. Yeah, I guess... I guess I just think who gives a fuck about the Oxford, comma. Well, you could say the same thing about how <laughs> GIF is pronounced, but here we are yelling at each no, other. Vampire Weekend to write a song about a GIF and a GIF. Then. <laughs> that would be good. I do like that Vampire Weekend. They're a good band. Yeah, I like them. They're weird, but they're good. Yes. I uh, agree. Yeah. Yes, I hope that Parker will get into the GIF machine with with yeah. Rick Rubio once he figures this out. I think the key for Rubio is and he forgets this in shooting sometimes is that the hoop is 10 feet and in order for the ball to go in it you have to get over 10 feet when you shoot at some point it has to go higher than 10 feet high yeah i mean that's just i've just never seen it work out where you've been able to keep it underneath there somehow so you know we should really get sean fury in there help him out a little bit that's true if there's one thing sean knows from all his research about jump shots it's that the ball has to be higher than 10 feet at some point in order to go in the basket 
Uh, also, congrats to our guest, Sean, from, was it last episode? or no, It was two episodes ago, I think. I think a couple of Sean episodes. Fury. Since then, Sean Fury's had some excerpts in some nice places. Sports on Earth, The New Yorker, mm-hmm. a few others. That's fantastic to see. So, once again, Sport Sean. Bump is real. You know it. Sean Fury is the author, and his book is, oh, my God. Rise and Fire. Rise and Fire. <laughs> I was going to say halt and catch fire, and I was like, no, that's, that's, the show there, Brandon. that's probably not right. Well, John is bogarting our PR copy of the book, so the rest of us haven't had a chance <laughs> to read it just yet. That's He's about, in the mail list, too. Oh, okay, perfect. He's getting the next. All right, that's great. Um, so that's my thoughts about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Cool. What's next? Well, I think that the Timberwolves are... From there, I think we're going to drop down in popularity in terms of sports. Yeah. When you take a juggernaut in popularity like the Timberwolves, it's hard to figure out where to go from that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really only one sport that people care about less these days, or one team. And I, I would... did not know we were going to talk about NASCAR. <laughs> um, well, the NASCAR of the North, which is men's go for hockey. Oh, well, <laughs> where's, the, where's our cricket sounder? <laughs> no kidding. John, can you catch me up? What has been happening? Is this season still going on? Uh, the Gophers, for the fifth straight year, won the conference title. That's five conference titles in a row, except the last three were the Big Ten, so nobody gives a crap about those. God, it's that like fucking sucks. It's like in soccer, so, you know, they have the league set up, and there's like the fourth division. That's Big Ten hockey. Well, congrats, you won the fourth division title. Call us when you win an actual league. Do they get an automatic berth for winning the division title, or they have to win the... Uh, no, they have uh, to win the conference tournament thingy. Okay. That never made any sense to that me. Makes you all sense. season, and you play a bunch that of games. makes so little sense. All right, here's the best team over the 24 games of the conference season. Now everybody's going to play one-off games for two days, and that team gets the automatic bid. Will they get in if they don't win their conference tournament? No, they will not. They really? are not. They are not a good team. Well, the winner of the Big Ten will get in, and or the winner of the Big Ten tournament will get in, and no one else. Wow! Who's How in many get in? Sixteen. Uh, yeah, sixteen yeah. teams. Jeff Parawise in his dying testament said sixteen teams and sixteen teams only. It used to be twelve when I was a kid. Those were the days. Yeah, he got a little softer as he aged. There's sixteen teams that are going to make it to the tournament, and the and there's only going to be one from the Big Ten. Yeah. There's like 28 teams in Division One hockey. How the fuck is that possible? Where are these other yep. 15 teams coming from? You, you might say that's almost not possible. It has got to be close. <laughs> the math is really in <laughs> against You look it. at it and you say, all right, in college hockey, six of the eight biggest universities that play college hockey are all in one conference. Now, when you look at the size of the university, you can go by – Pretty much any measure, you can go by student, the number of students or faculty size or whatever you want to go by, but you're going to end up with those being six out of probably the biggest eight, and one of those teams is good enough to field a decent college hockey team. And even then, it's basically based on an automatic bid. If there wasn't an automatic bid, they'd be Atlantic hockey. My God, has it been this way for all three years? Uh, more or less. It's been terrible. It's particularly terrible this year, but it's been terrible overall. Gopher Hockey has been down for for really only two years, though, right? I mean, is it three years ago they were in the championship? Uh, yes. 
Okay, so for two years, go for oh, hockey. Let me, let me check my Twitter account and see I'm, when I made all those union jokes and Clarence <laughs> wanted to kill me. <laughs> we got to bring those back. Um, yeah. That was. <laughs> Stu, we have to get this off our chest while Clarence isn't here. Boy, that must have been 2014. So that was yeah, right that before. Right. That was right before I got married, and that was the, the Gophers losing the union was the day that my wife learned that making jokes about Minnesota sports teams right after they've had painful losses is not a good idea around me. Uh, how did you? How did you react? Did you blow up, or did you? She could just tell you were sad. Well, in those moments, what I'm looking to do is to yell at something or someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid to say how often that fixates on someone that I love that happens to be near me. <laughs> and all I'm looking for is a reason. And so it's it just I, the less said the better. But after that, I we've sort of had an unspoken pact that I'm just not going to say anything. Were you just not going to say anything? Were you ashamed of your behavior? I'm ashamed even now of my behavior. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I brought it up because I'm horribly ashamed of yeah. how I reacted. And here's the thing: I'm horribly ashamed every time. It wasn't just that time, and after that, I've been proud of my behavior. Every time, I'm ashamed of my behavior. Yeah, you know, I think if it would be a fun conversation sometime to for us to each think about the most embarrassing, over emotional behavior we've had. In a sport, in a sport that we were not actually a part of, just watch as a spectator. Although it might get a little bit too real, a little too sad, and a little too emotional, we might not be able to handle it. So, yeah. something to think about for a rainy if, day. If we do that, then we have to consider the amount of ourselves that we put into this thing that we can't control, and that's just sad and depressing, and sort of invalidates everything we've done for 151 episodes. So, well, I don't want to go there. You know, one thing that we could do. Instead of that, is we could think of embarrassing behavior that other people have exhibited, like our friends and family, and just make fun of them. That's true. Because we could That's tell some, idea. we could tell some really good Michael Rand stories. I, I, I imagine a bunch of other friends as well. So maybe that's our rainy day. Yeah, you're right. I like this idea better. We're okay. going to take our own shame and redirect it to shame others instead. Yeah, because then we could have Mike uh, back on here to tell his Malik Rose story. One of my favorites. <laughs> that's a teaser for for a future episode in which we have oh, rand back on that's a great story and the only problem is i don't think we're going to be able to get mike to be on our podcast ever again because he's hosting every star tribune podcast <laughs> yeah. that is true that's yeah, true podcast maven michael rand he's uh i'd like to think that's a sportive bump thing as well can we just go with that yeah he was on us yeah. he was on our podcast yeah, so he was at NPR the other day, actually, too. Oh, he was, no, on, was he doing on the NPR? premises? Uh, the, you know how he does that morning show hit on yeah. every Monday? And they've got it. the new morning show with Brian Oak, um, the late of Cities 97. Mm-hmm. So he like met with Brian and Jill to you know go over how that's going to work with the, with the new crew. So, oh, man. He's big at, time. Yeah, he is big time. He's you know bigger bigger than us. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. not even close to up for debate. Yeah, that's true. That's not even self-deprecating. That is legitimate, actual, yeah. hardcore We're lucky fact. he talks to us more than anything. So getting back to my where my question was going here. So Gopher Hockey's been down for two years. Been down so long, it looks like up to them. <laughs> uh, but there's still a bunch of other teams in the Big Ten that you would think would be at least okay. Are, are they all? What, what has happened to Wisconsin? <laughs> The one nice thing that the Gophers have going for them, I mean, 
I am angry about Big Ten hockey pretty much every hour of every day. But if somebody, you know, somebody's got to win the conference, and I'm glad it's the Gophers, it's hilarious to me what has happened to Wisconsin because while the Gophers are now the best team in the worst conference in America, Wisconsin is the worst college hockey team in America. No way. It's, I don't know what Jeff Pairwise would say about this. Maybe we should try to find this out. Because I'd like to, I'd like to know that you know they have the rankings that go zero to sixty or zero to fifty nine or whatever those rankings are, and I, I am kind of interested to see just where is Wisconsin landing at this point. Just give me a second here. Um, I'm actually looking it up. You're, are you calling Jeff right now? Uh, oh, as it turns out, well, at least based on RPI, they're only 40th out of 60. There's 60 teams. There's 60, but you wouldn't, there are a number of them that you wouldn't be entirely sure I'm not making up. No, yeah, of course. Yep, yep. Uh, that makes sense. But, okay, so Wisconsin was good in the past. Maybe not great, but they had some really good seasons. And they won the they won the national title not too long ago. Okay, and then what about Michigan? Michigan State. These are good programs, aren't they? Uh, these are these are programs that are kind of like Minnesota and Wisconsin at this point. They're just not very good anymore. I just don't understand how they're all so bad. What? It, where? Where are all the good hockey players? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they're all at St. Cloud State now because St. Cloud State's very good. Are they actually good um, talent-wise or just they're really well-coached, you know, that sort of team? Like, where are, like, the top draft picks? Uh, Well, see, that's the thing. A lot of the top draft picks are still going to your classic Boston College. The Wild have a guy at Boston Boston University? Boston College. I can't remember which, though. Okay. So a lot of those guys are still going those places, but somehow Quinnipiac is the second-best team in the country. Huh. This is making less sense as we talk about it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. An entire uh, conference of hockey with teams that have historically been good, they're just all bad all of a sudden at the same time. That's amazing. It's like if North Carolina and Duke and whatever, just all of them were bad. Yeah. At at basketball, obviously. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and, it's I mean, like, you, it's you like almost... that one year that North Carolina was terrible and North Carolina State was terrible at basketball, and every other team in North Carolina except Davidson was awesome when Steph Curry was there. Okay. Yeah, it's it's obviously for those of us on the outside looking in who happen to root for a bunch of state school drunks, it's kind of fun. Sure. Awesome, but we don't really like to put it out there too much for fear of getting yelled at by by you know partisans and people uh-huh. that's exactly that's exactly how it goes you <laughs> you hardly mentioned anything about it Stu. <laughs> yeah that's awful. true I, I am the worst i'm i i make no the thing that makes you need to enjoy this run. thing is that you clearly don't pay any attention to it at all <laughs> yeah. except for occasionally someone tweets the score at you or notices the score and then you're just insufferable and and i hate you Okay, I was going to say, I, was, I thought you were going to say something that was untrue here for a second, or me, yeah. but nah. me and Joey so, Bennick, we're, we're tight. Little false. Damn right. So I thought that we hated Big Ten because 
just because nobody showed up anymore. It's that, but also they're all terrible teams too. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason why no one's showing up, right? Well, there's a couple of reasons no one's showing up. I I think it's worth... We always talk about how Barry Alvarez is worse than Hitler and everything we say about Barry Alvarez. Yep. And it's worth mentioning, I'm not sure we've ever actually talked about why we blame him for Big Ten hockey because he's not... The way we talk about it, it's like he's in charge of the Big Ten, which he clearly isn't. I mean, Michigan and Ohio State are in charge of the Big Ten and everybody else is just hanging on. But Alvarez, that, who is the athletic director of Wisconsin and the former football coach at Wisconsin, pushed for years for Big Ten hockey to be a thing because back in the day, the Gophers and Wisconsin and Michigan and Michigan State around Thanksgiving weekend would always play a series called the College Hockey Showcase where either Michigan and Michigan State would come and play Minnesota one night and Wisconsin the next night and vice versa, or the Gophers in Wisconsin would go out there and it would alternate every year. And it was really kind of a fun thing because they played once a year and also all of those teams were generally good. And so it was a pretty good yardstick of the Gophers would play a lot of non-conference games and maybe they'd win all of their non-conference games and then they'd come around to Thanksgiving and you'd sort of find out how good their team actually was because they'd be playing against Michigan, Michigan State, and if they went to Ann Arbor and East Lansing and won both games, you'd think, well, they actually might have something this year. They're actually a pretty good team. So that was a fun thing, and Alvarez, in the manner of Gary Bettman and the rest of the idiots who run the NHL, thought, you know, if this small thing that everybody likes is fun, then what we really need is nothing but that. That'll be way more fun than the year lo- years-long traditional rivalries and the local rivalries that the WCHA and the state of Minnesota have. Instead of that, why don't we develop even more Big Ten hockey with two schools in Ohio State and Penn State that couldn't give a crap less about hockey? And so <laughs> the, the unbelievable thing was, I, I think we mentioned a couple weeks ago, there was an interview with the Big Ten commissioner, or the Big Ten hockey commissioner, who just is a clueless moron, just the most clueless person about why anybody's mad about the Big Ten. And one of the things that I think, I'm pretty sure was him that floated in this interview was, well, we've been thinking about adding an affiliate member. We added Johns Hopkins for men's lacrosse. Johns Hopkins is a longtime power in men's lacrosse. We added them as an affiliate member for men's lacrosse. We've been thinking about adding Arizona State (laughs) as an affiliate (laughs) member for men's hockey. Arizona State (laughs) has had a varsity program for a year. And they play on rollerblades. <laughs> I, I, hey, they I, played in Saint, they played in Saint Cloud this year, and they yeah. sold beer at the game. It was awesome, from what I heard. Arizona State is the second worst team in college hockey. They are three twenty three and twenty two this year. Oh my god! Sorry that they're trying to grow the sport, and that team sucks. <laughs> I'm, it's, 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 I'm sorry. We might I'm need sorry. to do a what would Saint Cloud State do, John, from now on with <laughs> hockey. We'd pour more concrete. (laughs) (laughs) And then hang a a banner for a place finish in a holiday tournament. (laughs) I'm I'm pre-conceding the the slams I'm going to get from John and Clarence. (laughs) You know Clarence is not going to let us go. Let's go to the board. Ding! (laughs) The answer is correct. Clarence has already pressed pause and is screaming at you. For a third place in a holiday tournament. (laughs) Well, that's uh, let's a... move on to our next question. Who did Herb Brooks love more? 
Oh boy, that is just a bunch of probably are... the 1980 Olympic team. If I had to, yeah, probably. So anyway, the reason that I go through all this Barry Alvarez history is I was I was thinking a little bit about Gopher hockey and how much Barry Alvarez has ruined it, and I was sort of thinking we blame Barry Alvarez for everything that's wrong with Gopher hockey, but it's worth mentioning the role that former Gopher athletic director Joel Maturi had in the whole process too. Because while Alvarez was the one pushing for it, Maturi was there. He was complicit in the whole thing. He didn't stand up and punch Alvarez in the face or make anything happen. He just said, well, you know, he did his whole Joel Maturi, Oshucks, Iron Range Boy thing where he was like, well, we're, we're hoping to play the St. Cloud States and the, and the other teams pretty often, and we're hoping to play North Dakota every so often as if the uh, – playing two games a year against these teams or as the case has been one game a year against these teams is enough to replace the rivalry of playing them every week in the conference. So he went along with it. He didn't start it, but he went along with it. And the, the one thing that Alvarez didn't have anything to do with was Maturi was the guy who was at the university when they started the disastrous ticket reseeding thing. Basically what happened, it, it used to be you had to make a donation to the scholarship fund to get decent gopher hockey tickets for a lot of the arena. But they also had a lot of season ticket holders who were sprinkled in there that had been season ticket holders since they were back in the old, they were back in what was then called Williams arena ice arena instead of Mariucci before they even renamed it after John Mariucci. So you had all of those people and they were sort of the counterweight to all of the corporate people who never showed up for games. Then they did the whole reseeding thing where they basically said, all right, the more money you give us, the better seats you're getting. And that just sucked the life out of the whole arena. They they added more donations because that's something the Gopher Ticket Office has been doing for every sport, mm-hmm. not just not just hockey, but they're doing it for football too. They're Every year now they, they're jacking up the donation levels for all the seats. I think because someone in the ticket office figured, you know what, if we sell 50,000 tickets, all of which cost $1,000, if we sell half that many at $2,000, we get the same amount of revenue and we can sell the rest a single game. It doesn't matter if we push out the people who are our most diehard fans and the only people who stuck with us when we were absolutely terrible because we don't care about that. We, it's, it's, just chasing, it's just chasing dollars. And while I don't feel bad about that in the sense that if somebody's willing to pay for it more than I am, then that's fine. There's no reason that they necessarily need to be loyal to me. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be surprised when nobody wants to show up for the games anymore, and when they suck the life out of the arena. And there's nobody. There's nobody actually going to games because all the tickets aren't owned by hockey fans, but they're just owned by other people. So, in other words, I'm saying I blame Barry Alvarez, but I blame you just as much, Joel Maturi. You ruined go for hockey, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself. He's listening. We know he's listening. We know you can hear us, Joel. If you want to come on here and defend yourself. It's all so yours, buddy. Open invitation, asshole. I don't even know. He can come on, no but idea. he'll fall asleep for sure. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I just yelled at a guy who I don't even, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. But you if you're mad, Joel John. Maturi out of a lineup? No. No clue. I couldn't <laughs> even go, tell you. Go to, Clarence, go to yeah, Clarence's. Uh, go to Clarence's know. barn. He's got nothing. He's, barn, he's got that target on him. <laughs> got got, well, I can't remember. Was it, was it Jake Gyllenhaal in the Zodiac movie where he had, just had the whole room full of pictures and evidence and stuff? Yeah. That's it's it. It's all okay. just pictures of Joel Maturi and handwriting samples and, and drawings. 
and methods with which Clarence would, you know, do things. A lot of tacks with string connecting the dots. I would say more. it's more like Ace Ventura's room in Ace Ventura Pet Detective with Ray Finkel. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Good pull. Yep. You know, I've been having so much fun talking hockey, John. Can we now talk about the the professional club? I I don't. I'm just so angry now. They lost tonight. It was a game against a non-playoff team. They were playing in Ottawa. They are up 2-1. to one. Ottawa pulled their goalie, scored with six seconds left. And then scored with like twenty five seconds left in overtime. It's I'm just I'm just so angry about uh, about everything. You know, this is an interesting thing. We've talked about it before, but the constantly on the barely making it into the playoffs for like seven straight years is making you go insane. I think justifiably, yep. Because every time we talk, we talk once a week. We have for three years. Mm-hmm. You and Clarence are furious, and every yep. time I look up the playoff odds, they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> but it's just got to be so frustrating because it's just they're just there constantly, and that's no place to be in sports. I've given up. I've given up so much for the Wild. I've given up so much time, so much money. The other, the other year when they were playing the Avalanche in the playoffs, they were losing in the third period. And so I made a deal with God? God that if yeah that if the Wild came back and won that I could no longer I would no longer say awful things about my grand's mom or Rocket's mom <laughs> and they did come back and win but sometimes I question whether it was worth it I don't think it was man what a it was a bad deal no. you got hosed even though it was your idea yeah <laughs> nobody pushed me into that yeah that was very that was very much like betting with Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> where you're arguing with him and you get so mad and pretty soon you're like, you know what? If the Wild lose tonight, I will leave town. Yep. <laughs> but if they win, I get to stay. Yeah. But if they win, All right. you lose nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But So what's going to happen? They're going to make the playoffs potentially and they're just going to get beat in the first round. Yeah, potentially they'll play Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, the state the state is never happy. The state of Minnesota is never happy when the Wild lose in the playoffs. But I can't imagine how badly they'll want to burn everything if they lose to Dallas in the playoffs. Right, yeah, and they will most likely, right? What are the odds mm-hmm. that they beat at Dallas in a playoff series, 20%? Uh, maybe not that good. Wow, even less than that. Okay, so that's let's just let's just look into our future, uh, into our crystal ball. Not our future ball, that's not a thing. Yep. Our crystal ball, and we saw the Wild just barely squeaked into the playoffs and got manhandled by the Stars in five games or something. What happens after that? Do they do they blow it up? Are, have they been an eight seed or seven seed or whatever for so many years that they're like this is this isn't working anymore? Or that because to me that seems like a very ruthless, yep. non Minnesotan way to do. We would never do that with our other sport. The the Twins would never do that. The Wolves would never do that. The Vikings football is just a weird thing. But do you think the Wild have the have the guts to blow it, it up? It would be it would be a good time to blow it up. But they have no ability to blow it up. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? They yeah. have so many long term contracts for that no one would be willing to take off their hands. 
Right. That they have no they have no method of blowing it up. They There's have seven sports, Joe Mowers, is what you're saying. Sports yeah, purgatory. Exactly. Seven Joe Mauer contracts. They they give out seven Joe Mauer contracts, and now they're done for. Because yeah. it's not like the NFL where you just get to cut whoever you want. Right. It must be it must be amazing to be an NFL GM where you're like, you know what, that guy didn't play very well last year. I'm going to cut the $45 million that I gave him on his contract. Well, how about especially if you're a new GM coming into town? Yeah. Like, fuck these guys. They're all gone. Wait, they have no guaranteed money attached to their contract? Forget it. Clean house. Yep. So easy to turn over an NFL team. You just cut anybody who's not good, unless you're Rick Spielman, in which case you just continue picking up their options. (laughs) We're getting the band back together, guys. (laughs) Yikes. But that, that... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That comes later in the show. So... The question that I sort of had about the wild is, and since Clarence isn't here, it's a little bit harder to talk about it. No, no, no. Ask us. I just can't. Ask and I. I just, I can't. Is there any way that Chuck Fletcher can keep his job? I mean, he's got, you can, you can list off all of his terrible moves, whether it's the long-term contracts we just mentioned that he gave to everybody or a couple of bad coaching hires that, you know, Todd Richards was his guy, didn't turn out. Mike Yo was his guy, that didn't turn out. He, it's been a few years now, but I'm pretty much everybody in town still mad about the time he traded Nick Letty, who was from Eden Prairie and was one of us, for Cam Barker, who was the worst Blackhawks draft pick ever. And now Letty is still good and in hockey, and Barker played like seven more games after the trade. It was just the worst, stupidest, most short-sightest trade ever. That was one of them that was stupid the second it happened, right? Yep. It was stupid immediately Those because... Are... It, you, why Jesus. give up one of your best prospects for a guy that it wasn't even like, well, he just needs to change the scenery. He's not getting along with the coaching staff. It's like this guy, his game would have to be 75% better the moment he changes jerseys to somehow be worth it. Right. So, Well, let me ask this Chuck Fletcher. Let me respond to it. Who is – is his boss smart? Um, His boss is – well, it's I, I, I'm trying to contrast him to get Glenn Taylor, but it's sort of the same thing. He's, you've got a guy, Craig Leopold's the owner. You yep. got a guy who's very plugged into the team, which is good. You know, he's at all the games, and mm-hmm. people always talk about how he's up in the owners' booth, just cussing and swearing, and no one wants to sit next to him because he's so into the game and stuff. Okay. He doesn't. So he's not he lazy. Really, That's great. Yeah, he's he's not lazy. He's not like 
Stan Kroenke, the guy who moved the Rams to LA and owns a bunch of other teams that I'm pretty sure he forgets about every day. Yep. Fuck that guy for sure. Yep. So they're involved in it. They're not so involved that they're Jerry Jones or somebody like that, where they're the ones that want to call the plays and pick the quarterback and stuff. They're not both Taylor and Leopold aren't that stupid where they're trying to pick the players and be the GM and the coach and the quarterback and all that. So that's good, but sometimes you wonder whether it's just like, is it affecting their ability to see? Do they, are they too plugged in that they can't? It just hasn't worked yet. So whose fault is that really? So Leopold is, he's not evil though either, right? So we're just giving this 100% incompetence? Yeah, I think so. He's okay. he's definitely not evil and he's definitely not lazy. I guess he's just incompetent. That's yeah. the scale. The that, scale doesn't lie. Yeah, we only have the three options on the lie scale. Do you, you think him and Glenn Taylor just like go out to dinner and spill soup on their ties just the entire time <laughs> they're eating? Dunking their ties. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. What a, oh, God. Soup, it's my just, enemy. Every time I lean forward. It's, <laughs> it's I'm just, so glad I'm rich and nobody points this out. It's oh. just the two of them, and they're trying to decide where to go to dinner. And one of them's like, well, we should go to Manny's. And, oh, we should go to this place. It's super classy. And eventually they end up buying a McDonald's and going there and trying to cook the food themselves and just failing. <laughs> like, uh-huh. well, uh, this was more expensive, than, again. <laughs> more expensive than any, any dinner we could have but oh, Yeah, I don't understand how these guys can be such good businessmen, which – they're obviously incredibly smart IQ-wise and hard workers and all that, but just can't seem to figure out, don't seem to have like the, whether it's the drive to think differently about their their team or how to run a business or the curiosity or the, I mean, we always go back to it because it seems like the simplest move for us rubes of like, copy the best organizations. Look what those guys are doing and do the same thing as those guys. And it just doesn't seem to... to I don't know. God, I'd love to have Glenn or Leopold or some of these other guys with some sodium pentothal for an hour and just be like, what are you, what is going through your mind when you do, you know, when you, whatever the, the move is, the contracts or the coaches or GMs or whatever they do. I just, it'll never make any sense to me. The incompetent part is the one that is the most confusing. The lazy, I get, the Polad brothers were like, "Yeah, you guys just don't give a shit about the twins." That's, I totally get that. You got your your love is in the the Ugandan llama problem that you need to make a documentary about. Like, okay, sure, but when you're Glenn Taylor and you're at every game and you're staring there and you're obviously a super smart guy, or Leopold, you're saying the same thing about that. That's the thing that is just very confusing to me. And I'm sure we're missing something. I mean, we're some idiots who have learned how to plug microphones into a sound mixer. That's like our, that's the thing that, you know, the most authority we have. So I I don't know, man. I just, that's the, when people are, when we put him on the 100% incompetence on our scale, that's the most confusing place to be as far as I'm concerned. I get the, I do get the sense that there's one difference and that Taylor tends to just hire his buddies, like, the guys that he knows, it's like, eh, uh, I met that guy at a thing. He can probably do it, right? Yeah, I guess. But how is he a good businessman if that's his point yeah. of view? You would never do that for exactly. your work, Whereas right? Le- Leopold is kind of, you know, he's sort of the, the owner you'd want as part of a business in that he he found a guy who was up and coming 
and he got him to run his his franchise. I'm talking about Chuck Fletcher here. Yep. He gave him a lot of leeway to hire his own guys and to do things the way he wanted, and he gave him the resources. You know, they they always have one of the league's highest payrolls, and they always spend near the cap. He's always been willing to give them the resources to succeed and the leeway to have some time to succeed. He's not a crazy person. It just turns out he hired a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) But on paper, everything they've done, though, not everything, but on paper, by and large, a lot of it's made sense, right? Sign a few, uh, you know, cornerstone guys that are going to be around forever for some organizational stability. Hope that your young guys develop and that just none of it, it just didn't work. Yeah. So it's like they're the it's Atlanta just, Hawks of the of hockey of just like, hey, you guys it, you did okay, but just not not quite enough. Yeah. That's I don't know enough about the Atlanta Hawks situation to be able to agree with that analogy, but I don't know it why sounds I sounds right. <laughs> Everybody that's listening was like, uh yeah, I get the wild what? The, who the I fuck thought are the, the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks were a disaster. I thought they were the guys that hired Danny Ferry and then fired him because there was a minority owner who didn't want him around. Well, they were like a four seed or a, between a four and a seven seed for like a decade. They just were never any better than than that. And they just could never get, get over the hump. And then for, they were like a one or two seed recently. And now they're right back to being like a six seed. It's just they, that's who they are as, a, as an organization for whatever reason. Sure. So I don't know why I went there. Yeah. I, you, may, you may be right. Brandon. Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Let's talk more about the Sixers and their nap pods and their mango juice. <laughs> Did you read the article? <laughs> so funny. I just... I, the, I was so angry with you for so long for pretending that you had a different team, and now I just feel bad for you. It was so funny because the entire time, the only two thoughts running through my head were... I totally am buying into this, and I'm never going to hear the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was probably just like the first time that Clarence tweeted you about freezing jeans in the freezer to clean them rather than putting them in the washing machine, where you were like, you know what? That actually makes sense, and also, for some reason, this is going to follow me to my grave. I know. (laughs) Well, just because everybody obviously of our friends loves taking things out of context uh, more than anything is when That's I, a reason to etra, man. Of course, yeah. it's it's how we roll. Taking things out of context, context is what we do. So, yeah, and I posted a photo on uh, Instagram a couple weeks ago of my son had a disgusting blowout. Like, he oh, God, shit, the shit photo? so much it went into his hair. Yep. Like, shit in Been his there. hair. Clean that up. And, of course... Within three seconds of posting, one of our friends, I don't even remember who it was at this point because everybody chimes in, was like, just throw him in the freezer. You'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm always like, that's not what it means. God damn it. <laughs> it's not for stains, fuckers. <laughs> so every time something happens, something mess or dirt or rain or whatever, just put him in the freezer. You fucking assholes. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, it's an intro. I think, so we made made our, for those who weren't around years ago, John and I made a bet of who would have the most wins in the next five years, the Sixers or the Timberwolves. And I think John was this, 
right when the Wolves had gotten Andrew Wiggins or right beforehand. So this was pre-Towns, so it made a little bit more sense then. You probably wouldn't make the bet. I probably wouldn't make the bet now. Yeah. I but, think it was it was right at the start of last year. You were pretty high. Uh, it, it was at the point where the Sixers were legitimately trading everyone who had any sort of basketball talent yep. to get them off the roster and have like three insurance salesmen on their roster. Yep. <laughs> and you were you were talking about how you were completely bought in. And I was I was still furious about the idea that you had a second team. Yep. So you're never gonna get over that. At that point I, I proposed this bet that because you, you your contention was that the Sixers were doing things the right way and Sam Hinkie was a genius for trying to win negative five games in a year. Yeah, and... that's exactly my point. You fucking son of a... Again! <laughs> Basically, you thought this was the way to do things, and here's the right way to go about things. And the Wolves, as always, were run by a collection of goofballs. So I said... So the bet that I made to try to... to, to try to crap on your pick of the Sixers as a team that were doing things the right way, it was to say the Timberwolves, annually one of the NBA's most poorly run franchises. Laughing stock have of the more organization. Wins over the yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. And yet they will still have more wins than the Sixers over the next five years. And as it turns out, I'm looking great. Yeah. What are you up eleven now? Ten? Something like that. It's it's not a lot, but you gotta say that I'm the favorite. For Sixers sure. are winning uh, about eight games a year right now, so it's not good. But it's an interesting thing though, because whether you buy into the specifics of the napping pods and the mango juice, <laughs> the point though overall was the Sixers, and what I think is undeniable is that they are working their fucking asses off trying to find some some competitive advantage an edge somewhere whether it's in what they're doing with sports science is world-renowned people that they've hired or managing their salary cap or what have you like they've made a million mistakes but i was just my point of view was in five years the team that's working that hard to try to find that edge should they have to be better than the than the collection of idiots playing golf with taylor and jamming their thumbs up their asses but I'm going to be wrong because in basketball, it really just takes one or two guys to work out. I mean, there's not a few. I mean, I don't think we understand the that the only reason that the Wolves have Towns and the Sixers don't is is luck. I mean, we just we just got lucky. We we were bad in the right year and won the lottery in the right year for Towns to be around. So so that's why I'm. I'm probably going to be wrong because it's I did it in the wrong sport, but I just find that stuff. And again, the napping pods and the mango juice are the two most ridiculous examples in that article that I could find. So I, I did, I had to make sure I was teasing myself just to kind of head it off at the pass, but they are doing incredible hard work again, whether it will, it'll be interesting to see how this all works out, but they are, they are, they are thinking and working hard. So, um, I just find that interesting. And one similar thing that I was reading this past um, week or two, and I don't know if you guys have, have, uh, there was an article on the Houston Astros, you know, their front office is basically the Sixers of the, of baseball. You know, they fired everybody like six years ago and, and stripped everything down. And they started thinking a lot differently about baseball, which is hard because baseball is already really mature with some of these analytics. But this article I read was they can measure how a spin rate of, off-speed pitches 
And they found guys who didn't have very good ERA. They were just shitty, like, waiver guys. But the, if they had really, really good spin rates on certain off-speed pitches, they picked them up and figured, okay, well, this guy knows how to get good spin on his pitches. We'll be able to figure out whether it's just arm slot or, or whatever else, how to make him into good pitchers. And they found some really good players. So I think that's the sort of edge that I think is super exciting to me to just sort of how to think differently about these sports. And it just picked the wrong sport, the, the wrong data wonks. The amazing thing about stuff like that is that everybody doesn't think of that stuff. Like, even when you go back to, like, Moneyball, the idea that instead of just having an old guy with bad eyesight go and sit and watch this guy and be like, yep, he's got what it takes, that instead of trusting that, you could trust actual numbers on a piece of paper. They were like, well, I know this guy looks terrible, but he actually hit 375 last year. In just doing that instead of being like, well, he's actually kind of fat, and we don't like fat people, yeah. so we're not going <laughs> to draft that guy. That was where baseball was at that point. And so now, to instead of being like, you know what, instead of having this guy just sit behind home plate looking at the program and fiddling with a radar gun, instead we'll actually try to measure some of these things and say, you know what, these things are important. It's important how hard you can throw and how much you can spin your breaking pitches. So we're just going to go ahead and measure those and try to find people who are good at those things instead of, meh, he's a competitor out there. He's a bulldog on the mound. He screamed at the manager when he tried to take him out. Well, I think, and a lot of it too is not just like who can read the Excel spreadsheet the best. It's more about being just, again, I think it all comes down to hard work and just being kind of clever thinkers in general because we told the story before. I was reading some article, and I don't know if it was ever proved out with a quote or anything, but in in some of the owners or general manager baseball meetings a couple years ago, there was some complaints from a lot of the guys that the strike zone had gotten too low. And so the theory was that the umpires were going to decide not to call the, the the low strike anymore. So Billy Bean went and found guys who were really good at hitting high pitches, thinking that there was going to be more of those called this year, and that was going to be his competitive edge. It doesn't take an Excel spreadsheet or some weird analytics to do that. He just went, came back from those owners' meetings or whatever, and was like, "Hmm, if that works out, and those aren't going to be those pitches aren't going to be called anymore, and these guys lay off them, I'm going to have a, an edge doing that." And that to me is just that is nothing but hard work. So I always tend to like teams who are just clearly working their asses off trying to think differently. Um, all that said, the Sixers have seven wins this year. So, yeah. All that said, the Sixers are terrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, the important thing to note here is that I am ahead in this bet. Hey, I have a, I have a segue. Oh, good. Segue? Yeah, I got a, I got, I got a segue. Um, the Jeff? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so... One theory that other teams have been they've been taking advantage of for a while now is let's find failed starting pitchers who threw pretty hard and then put them in our bullpen and then they're going to throw a million miles an hour and then become dominant like that's been a theory that some teams have taken advantage of which is really smart. So I think and I'm giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt here. Um is it possible that the Vikings are trying to do that with shitty tackles turn them into really good guards? With all these tackles they're signing? That's that's not a way of doing things. Fuck. 
All right. That was my only theory, John, because on the agenda you asked, why are they signing so many tackles? I thought that I think guard is easier than tackle. I thought that's what I had heard before. So then they would just take their shitty tackles and move them into guard, and then maybe Matt Khalil would be like a great left guard. Left guard, we it's actually it's nicknamed the pizza tackle in uh, a lot of uh, um, handbooks and stuff. The what? The pizza tackle. That's insane. He he has a pizza franchise in Maple Grove. Oh, the pizza Alley. tackle! You son of a bitch! Um, oh God! Yeah, that that was a reach anyway. So that probably deserved that kind of like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? So that's okay. I'm I'm fine with that. Okay. But more so, to John's point, yeah, I don't know why they're trying to get the band back together. I think they're, I think, and I believe um, our absent friend Clarence was saying basically they're hoping that Sperano can be a miracle worker here and take the, uh, basically do what Zimmer has done with the defense and take some decent players and spare parts and a couple of studs and turn it into a, you know, a top five unit. And they're hoping Sperano can basically do that with the offensive line. But. It just—it doesn't make any sense to me. They—they they were there was a lot of big news about oh Andre Smith who played for the Bengals for about four years or six mm-hmm. years or something like that. Andre Smith is in town. The Vikings don't want to let him leave without a contract. And then today I was like, well, he left and they didn't sign him. And you never want to let a free agent leave without a contract. Andre Smith plays tackle. The Vikings just renewed the contracts of their current two tackles in addition to the rookie who played a million games at tackle last year. So if they signed Andre Smith, they would have three starting tackles plus a guy who started every game last year at tackle. And you can't play four tackles at once. It doesn't actually work that way. Well, I mean some people have a dream, John, yep. and that's a that's the four tackle offense. And <laughs> hey, we're not talking about Big Ten football here. You know, the the chances are they're that's probably I mean I don't know. It'll be a first or second round pick. Will be a tackle. That's almost a fait accompli at this point, I think. And uh, but why would you pick another tackle if you already have ninety seven tackles? Because the ninety seven tackles are bad. They are bad. Then why resign them? Because it doesn't make Tony any Sperano. sense. Oh, no, it's 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 an it's a, it's an infinite. Why loop. the two orders, General? <laughs> Are you sure and, Clemmings isn't going to... Some of these guys are moving, aren't they? Well, Clemmings was a defensive tackle until the year before last. Yep. Then he played one year at offensive tackle. Then Rick Spielman, being the noted genius that he wants us all to know that he is, drafted him as an offensive tackle. Because what you want is a guy that's played tackle for one year in his entire life. And I think it's noted to mention that Spielman didn't do any of what he's doing right now last year, which is why they had to start a guy who had 11 games of experience on offense as a tackle the entire year. It's not surprising TJ Clemmings was terrible. They wasted a draft pick on a guy who wasn't ready to play right away. And that's what's going to happen to you. That's Rick Spielman's fault that Clemmings had to play every game last year. Not that Lodehold got hurt. It's a guy that didn't get any depth on the offensive line. So this year he's trying to sign everybody for depth. He's just ditch to ditch. Is that the way to run an organization? Yep. I can't remember. And you know, normally I just accept this as the cost of doing business when you're a Vikings fan and Rick Spielman is your GM. He's going to make 49 moves, 48 of which make little to no sense. Yep. But the problem is, you look at the Vikings now, and it's like they actually have a pretty good team. Yeah. 
with some judicious moves and some good drafts and stuff, they might actually be a contender next year. And they're not going to be because Rick Spielman doesn't know how many tackles are on a football team. But I think if if his point of view is defense is good and Zimmer is saying, you know, we're going to pick up a couple guys here and there, but overall I like the guys we have. The You have your quarterback. Then why wouldn't you just put most of your effort into just getting a bunch of offensive linemen and see how it shakes out? And again, that's fine. I'm all in favor of getting better offensive linemen. Oh, but just but not more they, bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Quantity I, over quality, my, my man. I didn't want them to cut Khalil. I wanted them to put him in the space shuttle and fire him into space so he could never hurt us again. So keeping him around just makes no sense because he's still in a position to play left tackle for the Vikings, and that's the worst possible thing that could happen. I'm still going with my starter reliever theory. I don't care that that doesn't make sense. I'm going with it. Sign a so left tackle stud is, and move Khalil to left guard. <laughs> yeah. Load hold to center. Wrestlers, <laughs> one of whom is bound to be a good offensive tackle. Clemmings to tight end. <laughs> I would like to see TJ Clemmings play tight end. That would be enjoyable. Mike Harris, just pick your fucking spot. Go play safety. Yep. You got to beat out Andy Sendejo. Mike Harris, you're a new full black. Get back there. Yep. Give it a whirl. We just need talent. BPA. We'll figure out where to put them later. No, I have no idea what they're doing and what they're thinking. And I I don't know, man. Sperano has been an offensive line coach for a few years, right? So that's somewhat his specialty. I know he was for a minute like a head coach for some reason and was bad at <laughs> it. But that's okay if he was a bad head coach because he's not doesn't need to be a head coach anymore. All, whatever experience he thinks he got is useless now. Yep. It's back to offensive line for him. So that's good. Yep. Um, that's enough yelling about the Vikings. You want to be done? <laughs> My blood pressure is going up. Too much. Okay. We're like eight months away from the draft still. <laughs> <sighs> there was like See, there there was Vikings news today, wasn't there? I think uh, Wallace got signed by the. The Baltimore Ravens, yep. and the Vikings re-signed uh, my brother Terrence. Um, mm-hmm. Terry Newman. To a one-year deal. So there was some actual news today instead of offensive line moves. Newman the news is... from Wallace signing was that he said something like, I had to go someplace different. I need a decent quarterback or something like that. Blaming Teddy. Yeah, get in line. Huh. You'll be sorry. Yeah, yep. That'll, yeah. They'll all be um, sorry. They'll all be sorry. That's yeah. You don't you don't speak ill of Teddy around here. That's no. uh, well. I mean, except Wallace. for about forty percent of Minneapolitans who think you know that when you're on your offensive line tries to get you killed all year, it's your fault. But yeah, that's okay. You're leaving the victim. That's, that's what okay. Vikings. That's okay. Yep. Yep. Yet another one. Yeah. Get in line. Uh, okay. So, Stu, do you have anything you can explain to us this week? Well, I, think um, we have I, I have a thing that I wish you guys could explain to me, since I know you're both shoe guys, especially especially uh, Brandon. Hello. Um, fashion icon. Yep. Brandon Broxy. That's me. Um, I took my daughter to physical therapy yesterday. Mm-hmm. She's got like a bum a bum wheel from dancing, so she had like orthotics in one of her shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she has Nikes. And um, the physical therapist looked at her shoes, said, oh, yeah, well, this is, you know, 
for a brand like Nike's, they aren't really good for this type of foot problem. You want to Par- get like a sock in the or something like that. Pardon? And, brand like what? And I looked. I looked. And he goes, yeah, you know, Nikes are just, they're not known for, you know, if you've got like this overpronated foot, it's, uh, you know, it's a real, it's just not a thing that Nikes are good at addressing. <laughs> and he literally said it like seven or eight more times. And I had to look to see if there was a camera in the room because I thought I was getting punked. Because they knew that I was, the type, that I was, I would be the type of person who would like go, what, what are you, are you saying Nikes? What, 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 Why? And this, um, tell me more about this about this guy that was making these orthotics. Was he old? Nope, he would have been probably about 35, 40. 35, Whoa. 40. There's no reason for him to think that it's been confirmed for years. It's Nike. It's not no, like I've, up um, for... I've, I've, I've had two pieces of feedback about this that m- would make it okay. One, I had a Twitter mention saying that that, that is actually how it's pronounced in like South America. That that's just how Nikes are pronounced, and but he's his last name was Nelson. He's not from <laughs> South America. Well, he's one of the boys from Brazil, and he's he's a direct descendant of Herman Goering. Okay. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> unlikely, unlikely, <laughs> unlikely at best. Yeah. Um, and the other one was um, I did a I actually did a whole other podcast this afternoon. I did the TBTL show, which you should um, download if you. Want to do oh, it. Yeah, so I that's know. why you were late and you're not. No, I was late because of Sign the autographs. Who was wearing Nikes to and school, and he said he has heard Nikes used as like a nickname for Nikes before, but he's from Seattle, so maybe that's a Pacific Northwest thing, and maybe that's where the physical therapist was from. Guy's a foot doctor. Maybe he just says it so often, so he's doing like the thing where he shortens the word, like celebration. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't have time has, to say have celebration. You ever shortened Nikes to Nikes before? No, I I, I or haven't. Like Adidas to Adidas, or <laughs> I mean, it just it's just not a thing. That's uh, it's wrong and it's offensive. Yeah, I was. I it's disrespectful. I mean, he did a really good. I want to point out he did a really good job with my daughter's foot. He like diagnosed the problem right away. Got the right orthotics in. Like her foot has been. He just doesn't you know, know how to talk. better the last two days. So I just. I'm going to let it slide for right now, but I needed to tell other people this because I, I'm honestly afraid at this point because you it not, seems like the world is the center cannot hold. Are you going to see him again? Pardon? Are you ever going to see yeah. him again? Yes, because she's in physical therapy for the foot, so she has to like do a, like a you know a re up here in about a month to see how things are going. So are are you comfortable enough just to be like, hey man, why do you keep saying Nike? It's not no, Nike, man. I, I'm gonna need. To, I'm gonna need to have at least a couple of more visits with him. I mean, he knew actually. He knew my oldest daughter through basketball because he works in the like the youth basketball around here. So he had actually, you know, knew knew of our family already. So I don't think he would fuck with me like that. But uh, <laughs> it's just... pretty. Uh, you could play dumb though. It's always a really good way to do it. Is be like, dude, I'm embarrassed. I've been calling him Nikes. This whole time, yeah. and you're the shoe guy. You must know it's Nikes, and he'll be like, yeah. "I don't really, fucking know." I just... His job is feet. So he'll explain it's... how he figured that out. You just just play dumb, man. I don't know. It's just honestly, I was I after That's afterwards. Up, I just I sat in my car and Some shook like searching. Dave Arthur, <laughs> just just filled with anger about something, and I just. Uh, God. So yeah, please. Uh, if any, yeah, if anyone's listening to this, 
and you know if if Nikes is actually short for Nikes and it's a common shortening of the name, let 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 the let the podcast know because I'm I'm at a loss. I honestly am. Stu wants to be able to sleep at night, so please help. I do. I, I know somebody on Twitter mentioned that it was like the meow thing from Super Troopers. That's that was the most likely explanation for this. That him and another him another physical therapist had some a guy had a glass to the door and was just snickering listening to this trying guy. Trying to get the yeah. Greater Saint Cloud area to say Nikes instead of Nikes. Like yeah, man, I just said like Nike seventeen times. Like we send like Michelle Bachman to, con- <laughs> to Congress, and we say we call it Chipotle instead of Chipotle. Chipotle. So I think supposedly. Supposedly, yeah, that's a big that's a big one around these parts. So I yeah. think there's a chance there there is a chance that he's like you know like from like a bigger city and they're just trying to put one over on the rubes. And I can't blame him for trying because I would do it's that if I was him in the past. It's worked plenty of times. Yeah, I am definitely questioning. I am I am questioning right now. So I, I know, know that it's Nike, Stu. I know it is too. Okay, so but he go- works with feet. You gotta play. That's the only way to do it. Is go to the source and be like, dude, I've been thinking about it. You said Nikes. I've always said Nike. I'm so embarrassed. How did you find out that's how it's that's what it's called? I just don't know, man. I'm just I'm at a loss right now. I'm I am I am at wit's end. I am I'm I don't know how I'm supposed to go. I on. just I I just can't right now. I just You paid that pain forward too. Like now there isn't there is not <laughs> there's not an emoji to express my emotion right now. I'm just it's uh I don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, that, that's what I, I don't have anything to explain because that has honestly thrown off my no, personal. I get it. I get it. Yeah, my my equilibrium is upset at this point. Oh, Brandon, boy. do we have a quick do we have a quick ask sportive to get to? We do have an ask sportive. Um, this is from our friend CC. That's all I know about his name. Um, yep. If you could redo any Minnesota draft pick, who would it be? So this. I'd pick. This is an. E- this is a very easy answer. Okay, hold on. Before you answer, you are not allowed to say Flynn Curry. Yes, I am. That's an easy. Flynn answer. and Curry is not allowed because that's too easy. I ha- I spent a few minutes on it. I've got three other options. All right, I think would be interesting. <laughs> Can we at least all agree that Flynn and Curry is the obvious answer, and David Kimes would be in prison? Flynn and Curry is for sure the easiest answer because basketball, it really one <laughs> and player. And David Kimes should be in prison, and he should definitely be in prison. I can't. Prison he should be in prison for the corduroy suit I saw him wearing one time, but he should also yep. be in prison for this. Both reasons. Um, okay, so here here are three other ones that could have happened, and uh, who knows what could have been. Uh, number one, instead of drafting Ray Allen, we could have drafted Kobe Bryant. That would have been insane. Uh, okay. Number two, instead of drafting Matt Khalil, we could have drafted old Rusty Wilson. And number no. three, instead of Kyle Gibson, we could have drafted Mike Trout. That's pretty sad, actually. Those are the three that I think are well fairly recently. Russell Wilson, the worst. I think, was... I think he was a fairly well-known commodity at the time, and didn't the Vikings still have Brett Favre at the at that point? I mean, I'm in fu- I'm fully in favor of not drafting Russell Wilson because he went to Wisconsin. Jesus and I don't want Christ, John! Of, I don't want that kind of crap around anyone I know and love. So that I okay. Okay. Yep. So you're going to let that one go because of that. The one year he spent in Wisconsin. 
He was a mercenary. Can you can you remind me? Can we can we go back to the Kobe thing? I don't remember Kobe being seen as a particularly can't miss kind of prospect. So I'm not doing like a, it was obvious at the time, like the Flynn Curry. I'm just saying what would sure. have changed in general. Kobe Bryant was seen as a really talented 18-year-old, so who the hell knows? I mean, he was a 13th pick, uh, and I don't think anybody ever thought that it was a, a huge reach or a, or a big drop. It was uh, around that time, very, well, not very, but somewhat similar to Zach Levine of like, this guy's got all the tools. There's a there's a million of these guys who haven't worked out. We don't really know what we're going to get from him. And obviously he's been unbelievable, but KG was, you know, this would have been his second year and Kobe and KG for however, however long that would have been unbelievable to see. Instead, we got Marbury who wanted out, although Kobe would have played here. So it just would have been yeah, an interesting. There's, there's no way Kobe would have played his entire career in Minnesota. No. Uh, Gibson for trout is, the one that I think stings the most because you know we would have Mike Trout for a really long time. Yep. We've got to if you could take one back and it wasn't Curry and Flynn, that would be the one to take one. back. Yeah, we would have ruined Trout somehow. I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, he we would be like an opposite Trout field singles hitter uh, who is playing like third base or something. He'd be into his two hundred and fifty fifth game in Rochester. <laughs> Just a lifer. <laughs> it's Just oh, we would have ruined it. But uh, man. Gibson. That's yeah. who we got for him instead. Yep. And the thing that makes it sting even more is that Gibson was the 22nd pick and Trout was the 25th pick. I mean, they were yeah. right next to each other. Yeah. We'd like to take that one back if we could. Yep. Yep. So that's bad. That is bad. Uh, that's it. That's all we got. Okay. Did you want to talk about NCAA basketball? It's been a bad year, I think. I don't think I have watched three games. Two of them were Oklahoma games with Buddy Heald, who I am told is not going to be a good pro anyway. So, but a very fun college player. Yeah, take that, Buddy Heald. Yeah, buddy, if you want to come on the podcast and and we'll give you your moment to to talk to us about it. Joel Maturi and Buddy Heald, open invitation for both of you. And any other writers who want their books to become popular. Yes. Yes, exactly. You're all you're all invited. Okay, that's that'll do it. Let's let's stop talking and get out of here. Alrighty, let's get some get some sleep. Uh, get some people guys... some Wednesday content. <laughs> Everybody likes some Wednesday content. Do you guys have an NCAA pick you're really excited about? No, I don't have. I don't even. I barely know anybody in the NCAA. I'll uh, do a board, but I'm not. You know, shit. I don't know. Villanova. Never uh, pick Villanova. Xavier. Sure. Not Kansas. Kansas is going to win one of these years, man. The one, one seed years for like going to. 25 years in a row. Yeah. Yep. Kansas is the pre-tournament favorite for the 19th mm-hmm. time in the past 20 years. So I think this is their, this is their this year. Is definitely, this is definitely the year Bill Self shakes that label of being a, you know, a choker. So Yeah, yep. that's true. Take that, Bill Self. Yeah, Bill Self. If you want to come on here, you're also invited. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, three people. The amount of nothing I know about college basketball could not fill a podcast. I bet when we check back in in a week, we'll say it was a pretty fun weekend to watch to watch sports, though. Well, it's always fun to watch the NCAA yeah. tournament. It's, it's, There's it's, no it's argument. Fun, yeah, even yep. with all the problems with like 
you know, the the uh, state high school hockey with like, you know, cities having to give up programs and stuff. It's still fun to watch the college hockey tournament and yeah, yep. pretty much the same way with the, you know, with the actual, yep. you know, tournament. So I agree. Great point. So, Stu, I just, I want to apologize again for not understanding your, your Matt Khalil joke. I feel embarrassed. Okay. It's not as embarrassing it's, uh, as the, the name, time. The, I, the franchise is pieology. It's like the Chipotle or Chipotle of pizza. Chipotle of pizza. <laughs> and there is your show title. So. <laughs> Chipotle of pizza. Gotcha. Done. Uh, that's good okay. to know. Let's hope that Clarence comes back. We miss you. I hope that you've been live tweeting your reaction to this. I'm sorry we weren't able to get to our race relations in America discussion that we had hoped mm-hmm. to, to talk about. We'll get to that next week when he's back on. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss how, you know, Bernie Sanders um, probably not, you know, doing well tonight in the second Super Tuesday impacts the race, how yeah. Kasich winning Ohio impacts the chance for a broker convention on the Republican side and how Rubio suspending his campaign affects um, yeah. Trump's path to a 1,237 delegates before the Republican convention. I think All Bernie Sanders we're has... We're also going to talk about feminism. Oh, yeah. So much feminism. Oh, yeah. Fem- so much feminism, it'll make your heart hurt. Yep. <laughs> and it literally would make his heart hurt to talk about it, probably. But yeah. That's okay. That's true. All right. That'll do it. Uh, enjoy your Wednesday, everybody. We love you very much. We'll miss you, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.